0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the All Things Reconsidered podcast. As always, I am Brandon and joining me is Joey. Hey, what's up? How you doing today, Joey?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm just uh, happy to be here hanging out with you once again. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun making this this show. And it's it, it sometimes I feel like we kind of struggle to come up with something to say. And we kind of run out of topics. Uh, but, Often. Yeah, but it's fun to come together and, and figure it out. You know what's funny is, I'm, is on TikTok, there's other Christian deconstruction people who are, like, actual theologians. Yeah. You know, there are people on, on Christian TikTok or deconstruction TikTok that have master's degrees. <laughs> right. That are actual priests that are currently serving or that, you know have PhDs and it's like we're not the same no you, you have, were built different yeah you have a PhD and what you say is like an expert's opinion I went to a glorified internship yeah called a Bible college right if you want to call it that um where no one had a degree who was teaching <laughs> it's like we're not the same yeah uh, but we're trying we're doing our best <laughs> but we
0: do bring a unique perspective,
1: yeah, I hope so,
0: ours, yeah, <laughs> and no one else can have our perspective, yeah, so yeah, we're trying
1: um you know we're we're learning slowly, I think,
0: and we're coming up on a year, joey, yeah, that's like nice. we I mean, we are coming up on our one year anniversary, and Joey, that brings something up, talking about anniversaries. Mm. And uh, I think today is a very important date. Mm-hmm. Um, a little pullback behind the curtain. We are recording this on Sunday, yeah. November the twenty first. Yes, that is the day before it goes up online. Yeah. That that's that's our life right now. Yeah. Um, but November twenty first, mm-hmm. twenty six years ago, Jesus freaks the album by DC Talk was released. Really?
1: It's today?
0: I saw that earlier, and I completely didn't oh bring it God. up because I wanted it, your genuine reaction to be I on the podcast.
1: Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I, I didn't, like, know about this. I'm
0: shocked you didn't say anything about it, so I was like, I'm definitely going to have to bring this up.
1: I, I am ashamed of myself. <laughs> we still have that on the shelf back yeah, there. Yeah, we do. But yeah, like, I, saw a,
0: uh, I saw some comment on... Like it was like a post. It was a post by Toby Mac on oh, yeah? Facebook, and somebody had shared it. And it's wow. like twenty six years ago today. Twenty six. years. Jesus freaks.
1: I can't believe. I thought Jesus freak came out before I was born. I guess I'm totally confused. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, you, you know. Um, it's interesting. I was re- I was watching, um, or not watching, I was listening to the podcast um, called uh, The Last Podcast on the Left. Yep. And they were doing a two-parter series about Mike Warnke, the Satanic Panic guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Basically the grandfather of the entire Satanic Panic. Right. And one of the interesting things that they pointed out is that during the early days of the Satanic Panic, um, some of these ex-witch people were going after Christian rock music mm-hmm. as saying that it was like, part of the demonic that it was the devil trying to sneak into Christianity through music and that you shouldn't trust Christian rock bands because you know they're not... You know, well, when Christian Rock first started, like DC Talk, when Christian... Well, Petra and other bands like that, when yeah. they first started...
0: Striker, yeah, Striper, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. A lot of the like older generation Christians were not okay
0: with it at first. Right. Even though
1: it had Christian lyrics, it was like...
0: Like how they're not huge fans of Christian hip-hop now.
1: Yeah, 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 because it was like, it sounded different, and it, right. it sounded too close to the world, and we have to not be like the world. And and a lot of these satanic panic people were right in there saying like, yes, it's demonic, right. satanic. And so it's funny that like Carmen has songs about fighting... Demons and witches and warlocks, and it's like, but act, but people who claim to be witches and warlocks said that you were in league with the witches <laughs> yeah, and warlocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the infighting of 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 Christianity is always so interesting.
0: If you don't look like me, you're against me, and you're against God. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's wild.
1: It's like it's so weird. Anyway, well, congratulations to the guys at DC.
0: Congratulations, time. Um I know it means <laughs> a lot coming from us. Yeah. So good job, guys.
1: I saw DC Talk in concerts once. It was awesome. And um, I have no, I have nowhere to go with that. I just want it to be known that I saw them in concert. Rock and
0: roll. <laughs> if you want more riveting stories like Joey going to see DC Talk one time, be sure to subscribe to the channel, ring the bell, oh, I, I, and also join us on Patreon, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash All Things Reconsidered. Yes. Uh, so Joey can give you all of the details on his one trip to the DC Talk concert.
1: Yes, and for patrons only, you'll hear about the two times I went to a Toby Mac
0: concert. So, I mean, that's insert that Chris Pratt meme <laughs> from Parks and yeah. Rec Park, where he's going, <laughs> uh, "Man, I lived a fun life." <laughs> you sure did. You lived a full life. Yeah, I really did. Why you know? are we talking about this like it's a funeral? Like,
1: because <laughs> I, uh, I I died to myself, like the Bible says. It, that like died so to the flesh. This is
0: reminding me of. Uh, so, we get a text <laughs> message from Joey the other day. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Ronnie told a joke today, and the joke was this: "Knock knock, who's there?" Daddy's dead. <laughs> yeah. That's the joke.
1: <laughs> That's my three-year-old. Yeah.
0: And it's like, we're talking about Joey like he's at a funeral. It's like, was Ronnie on something when she's telling that joke? Like, I guess so. Has jo- okay, listen, we talked about conspiracy theories last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey... Died and yeah. was replaced by a body double. Oh, it's
1: like the Paul is dead. Exactly. And you know yep. what's so funny about the Paul is dead thing is that one of the pieces of evidence for it that they said Paul McCartney was dead was because he was barefoot on the cover to Abbey Road, mm-hmm. and none of the other guys were. And I am wearing flip flops today. Oh my god! So I have bare feet. So I'm obviously.
0: We're busting the case wide open. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: okay. Anyway, let, let's talk about something more interesting than this. Um, yeah, that's probably a good call. So, did you see, Brandon, that um, John Haggie's church had um, Alex Jones preach or not so teach there?
0: I actually didn't see, I saw some of the things that happened. Yeah. Because of that, but I don't realize that Alex Jones was yeah, there as well. Alex Jones. So, was this like a church service or were they like renting out the building to be used by them or like I, what, what? I'm like,
1: pretty sure it wasn't John Hagee's actual church, um, like event. Sure. It was just that they let the building be used, but that still is bad enough. Yeah. That you would allow your resources to go to something like this. Cause clearly that shows your support. Right. So obviously that's an issue that you'd even be giving a platform to that. But, um, on top of Alex Jones being there, it was in the news that like they started chanting, let's go Brandon. Yeah. And I have to ask, how does it feel as a Brandon to now have your name be part of something? like So
0: I'm glad you bring this up. Okay.
1: <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts can't be fun
0: so there was, <laughs> my uh, our pastor put an appreciation post up one day mm-hmm. oh great super nice to be you know
1: acknowledged oh appreciating you is what you're yeah saying.
0: appreciating me yeah and someone commented let's go brandon somebody i'm close to we're friends with Eesh. i didn't know the reference though oh really at all and <laughs> so someone then commented like the like a uh, gif Of, like, the NASCAR is of them saying, let's go, Brandon. Oh, man. And so, like, they obviously were not meaning it in its original context. Like, it was very much like they assumed that I knew what it meant. And so that was part of the joke of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is dope. Like, why is there, like, a gift that says, let's go, Brandon? I looked up and I was like, oh. Oh, no. Oh, this sucks. You got so excited. And so, like, now they're, like, hats everywhere that say, like, let's go, Brandon. And I'm like, I want to buy some of these now. Mm Mm-hmm. So I can unironically wear them later whenever like the backwards connotation of it leaves. I don't know if it's, it's gonna like, leave. I don't think it's ever gonna leave. I don't think Unfortunately. so. Unfortunately. And I just wanna I do want to say something. Uh-huh. Okay. To everyone out there, um, older white women who have the name Karen. <laughs> um, I get it now. You get it now. I, I get it now. As a Brandon. As a Brandon, your name just kind of being used to mean something else.
1: Mm-hmm. It's kind of annoying. I'm sure it's not fun.
0: No. Well, because in oh, oh, so, backstory, I'm sure everybody, this is the internet. Everybody knows what's going on. Uh, Some some NASCAR driver won a race. Mm-hmm. Uh, The news reporter was like, how does it feel to win? They're giving an interview. And in the background, you hear bleep Joe Biden. Yeah. And uh, the reporter's like, oh, listen, I'm let's go Brandon. Yeah. They obviously were not saying, let's go Brandon. Yeah. And then uh, the alt-right has now taken this to be their, like, Secret code, yeah, to it, say f Joe Biden, it, and it's like it's not that secretive. It's so weird to me because,
1: first of all, do you really think that any of uh, any anyone who voted against Trump this time and voted for Biden, do you really think any of them care? That you want right. to say F Joe Biden? Yeah. Like, none of them are worshiping Biden the way that you worship Trump. Correct. So none of them are going to to care if you just come right out and say F Joe Biden. Like, they, they say this Let's Go Brand as if it's like this big thing against, you know, Biden voters. Right. Like, they're, they're you know, hurting our feelings. Like, we don't care. There's no cult of personality around Biden like there was with Trump,
0: you right? Know? Uh, so, Like, left-leaning people are more willing to co- call out Joe Biden and his mm-hmm. screw-ups mm-hmm. than people on the right were about Donald Trump and still currently about him.
1: Oh, yeah. And then also, like, the fact that Christians are saying, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, and that,
0: that's that's the issue with it, too, is so mm-hmm. you have an event being hosted at a church by John someone Hayes. who is obviously a conspiracy theorist yeah like yeah you know they're putting the fluoride in the water and turning the frogs gay Mm -hmm. Alex Jones Mm -hmm. just crazy like suspended off of pretty much all media because everything he has said is just a load of crap Mm -hmm. he's given a platform at a church and then there's a chant of let's go Brandon and here's what frustrates me about it is Would they allow that chant to happen in their church if they were saying the words F Joe Biden? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But we're okay with the coded language of it being said. It's
1: ridiculous. And you know what? The the interesting thing about this I just feel like this is interesting timing because... So right around the time that this event happened, there was an article that came out by the Gospel Coalition that said, you know, why people are deconstructing. They <laughs> gave reasons. And of course...
0: This it started is, out so strong.
1: It started out okay, but then it really devolved into like, you know, they just want to follow a trend. Yep. They want street cred. You know, I love the street like-
0: cred thing. <laughs> Nobody has said street cred in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's very much like the church to take a term mm-hmm. that's old and be like... Street cred.
1: <laughs> yeah, trying to be cool about yeah. it. Like the, yeah, well, it proves how how clueless they are. But obviously, that okay, so that article was talked a, a lot about online in the deconstructing world. Right. People took a lot of offense to it and thought it was ridiculous. And right after they put out this article saying, you know, why are people deconstructing? Here's some reasons. We see in real time, a reason, a major reason why people are deconstructing. It's like, you really want to know why it's happening? Look at what just happened. People are chanting, let's go, Brandon, at a church. Alex Joan is invited to speak at John Haggy's church. And you're asking why people are deconstructing? Right. It's that right there. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I think people, it's amazing how people can do daily the things that are leading to people deconstruct and then still wonder why are people deconstructing? Yeah, it's like that meme of the guy shooting the other person, and it's, <laughs> yeah. you know how I can't can believe
0: be- deconstructing Christians have done this. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like how are you so so blind to that? You know, I just wish people would would stop and think. This isn't normal for a church to be this wrapped up in a specific political world, right? You know, I think it's interesting too that Alex Jones spoke. As specifically John Hagee. Because if you know anything about John Hagee, he is the Rapture guy. Yeah. Like, he is... He, he is... The only person near him in Rapture talk is, like, Perry Stone. Right. And and I say John is probably even above that. Because... He is the dude with the big charts that he rolls out, you know, the, yeah, big, yeah, right, the right. big timeline. That that's, And
0: Alex Jones is very one world order, right. like, you know, lizard people in the government, like yeah, all yeah. of that nonsense. And,
1: and this is exactly my, my point, is the fact that these two things can live together so easily. Right. That it's not a stretch at all for the big rapture teacher to have Alex Jones there because they go hand in hand. Rapture believing leads you to looking for a one-world government and yep. looking for the end of the world and the rise of the Antichrist. And that goes perfectly with the kind of things that Alex Jones says. Uh, and and it, it, I don't think it's safe to have a theology that
0: um, is so... That mixes so well with crazy conspiracy theories.
1: Exactly. that That can be used in that way and that leads to it. You know, clearly we're not basing our theology off of anything solid or anything trustworthy right? if it, it can be used right alongside of the likes of Alex Jones. Right. Um, and in that, not just the fact that they chant to Let's Go Brandon and the Christian nationalism element there, but also the fact that they can go with these conspiracy theories. That's why people are deconstructing. Right,
0: absolutely. And kind of going back to that Gospel Coalition article too, it is so incredibly tone deaf yeah, because it's not hard to see why people are deconstructing. It's not. Because people are telling you why they're deconstructing. Oh, we won't shut up about it. And so it's It's like, it's
1: all we talk about. Right.
0: It's like, oh, people are deconstructing because they want street cred. Mm -hmm. When there's literally thousands upon thousands Mm -hmm. upon thousands of comments saying my deconstruction is coming from how political the church got in supporting Donald Trump. Yeah. And they're like street cred. And it's like, No, like things like this, things like Alex Jones having a platform to speak at a church Mm -hmm. and being sponsored by a church to speak at this thing yeah, is the reason why people are leaving the church is because it's like, why would I trust the church? With my religious beliefs With my faith in God If I can't even trust them To not buy into a conspiracy theory
1: Yeah, or if they preach things That prop up a conspiracy theory Like right. the rapture If the, if you're preaching things That the conspiracy theory Can go perfectly with like, like peanut butter and jelly Right You know, that's why we deconstruct It's so easy to go online And find out immediately A million reasons Why people are deconstructing their faith Because we keep talking about it If you you could go on Instagram, you can go on TikTok, you can go on YouTube, anywhere, and look at the deconstruction deconstruction hashtags or ex evangelical hashtags, yep. and you'll find tons of reasons. But the fact that they refuse to do any looking into that, or that they hear those stories and then just choose to blot it out and replace it with their own answer, right? I think is that right there is the kind of sentiment that people are deconstructing for. Right, yeah, because you think you know better than all these other people. You think you have the right answer. So I don't need to listen to anyone here. It's just like certain churches that have that abusive mentality where the pastor or the leadership, you know, is in full control, they know everything, and I don't have to have conversations with my congregation. I don't have to listen to them about their opinions or how they feel. I'm the guy in charge. You know, why listen to someone's story about why they're deconstructing when it's so much easier to just protect myself by thinking up a different reason and saying that that's what it is. right. So rather than deal with what your church is involved in and what you're doing that's hurting people, I'll just think, you know what? They just want street cred right. That way, I'm completely you know safe here., yep. it's not affecting me. I don't have to change anything. It's it's all them. They're just right. bitter. If I, I can't stand the the way that the church uses the word bitter. It is on my last nerve right now. that people Jerry, are,
0: are you? would you say that you're feeling bitter I'm, about it
1: I'm, yeah, th- yes I'm super bitter
0: right now because when are you in a season of bitterness
1: a season of bitterness a season of, of anger you know I just yeah. the spirit of bitterness <laughs> uh, I just can't stand the way that when people bring up a or offense is another one that the church uses the word offense and the word bitter when people bring up an issue with the church um, and, and maybe like you and I we don't come at it just to burn the church's down and be angry we command it because we want to see the church do better yeah you know we we look at an issue like say i don't know how the church handles mental health you and i both have issues with some of the ways that evangelical churches talk about mental health yeah but when you and i talk about that we're not talking about it like and that's why churches are terrible and everyone should stop going right we talk about it like and that's why churches need to improve because we can do better correct so we're trying to get the church into a healthier, better place. And and you, the problem is when people hear us talking about issues like that or any other issue why we deconstruct, they just don't want to hear about it. They don't want to make changes. They don't want to deal with the problem. So they say, you're just bitter and you're just offended. Right. But stop and think about it. Let's say that I am offended for a minute. Why don't we talk about the thing that is offending me? Right. Isn't right, it right. just talking about the fact that I am offended? Yeah. You know, like if someone does something offensive, talk to them. Don't talk to the person who got offended. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have the right to be offended. Right. But but they the church makes people feel like the bad guy for having normal human emotions. Yeah. And getting offended at things that are genuinely offensive. Right. Because it's easier to blame the victim than to handle the problem.
0: Right. And now, little caveat. <laughs> As Christians, you are still called... To not live an offense. Well. But but the caveat to that caveat is you also have the right to call out the offender. Yeah, yeah. Like you can both call out the offender and forgive them, but also then take steps to avoid being in that position again at to be a victim of the offense. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like the offender doesn't get off scot free. Mm-hmm. You know, the offender should not get off scot-free. Mm-hmm. You as the offended one, it takes time. It's a process. Take your process. You know, Mm -hmm. live that process out. Deal with that process. Learn how to move on. But also, you have 100% the right to then leave that situation Mm -hmm. to where you don't even have to be offended by that person again. Yeah. Like, if if someone is doing offensive things, mm -hmm. they do not have the right to look at you and say, oh, Get over it.
1: Yeah, you're just offended. You're just offended.
0: You can be offended, forgive them, and then leave.
1: Yeah. And what we do is we use opportunities like this with our show and stuff to then talk about that problem in an effort to try to fix it. And I'm just agitated at people like, the writers of that article, yeah. who rather than addressing the problem that people are bringing up, they just say the issue is with you for having been mad in the first place. You just want to sin. Exactly. That's my problem, is when people say, you're just offended, and that's the problem, I'm not going to deal with what's offending you. Right. Um, I, I think that that is just covering up for their own self. Yeah. I mean, look at the, you know, apparently the the pastor, um, Haggy, John Haggy, mm. actually, I think the pastor of that church is his son, Matt Heggie. I have no idea. But either way, it's John Heggie's church. Yep. They actually came out and said that, like, they don't endorse that um, event that happened at their church. Well, that's good. But the thing is, you still gave your church to them and you still preach messaging that perfectly coalesces with what was preached there. Right. So you can say now, you can backpedal now and say, oh, we don't endorse that. That was not our thing. That was just this rally. We just gave them our building. But the fact that you gave them the building and the fact that what you preach on a weekly basis so easily goes with it is still damning and you need to address that. And this, again, just feels like trying to avoid admitting guilt or, or culpability and just pushing the blame on something else. Yeah, and like
0: at the end of the day, too, it's it's not a sign of weakness to say, hey, it's on us for... Living a life and preaching a message that made them feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. to think that we would support what they're saying. Yeah, So that's on us. If this is what they think that we're about, we need to reassess mm-hmm. what we're doing.
1: Yeah. If they could look at their end time theology that Haggy's so famous for and be like, hey, somewhere in this end times preaching... We're leaving a lot of opportunity here for the Alex Joneses of the world to go crazy, right? Maybe there's an issue with what we're teaching, but they they'll never do that,
0: right? Well, we don't know that they'll never do it. It's we Sean can Hage. we can have hope that they will,
1: <laughs> okay? For, because much.
0: I mean, Joe is a a Q and honor for a while.
1: Can we stop bringing that up? <laughs> <laughs> God, every episode now. <laughs> oh man, I was a different person in 2015. All right, so uh, but you know what else? Michael Flynn. Did you hear what he said? No.
0: I don't even know who that is.
1: Michael Flynn? No. He was part of the Trump admin team. Sure. He was one of Trump's guys. I believe you. Um, He did a rally recently where he said that America needs to be a land of one religion and have a one national religion of Christianity. Wrong. Yeah, that's really scary.
0: It's almost like the First Amendment (laughs) talks about freedom of religion.
1: Mm -hmm. I've talked to people.
0: The first one,
1: I know. You want to know how they deal with that, Brandon? We love right. the
0: Second Amendment, right? Right. But the first one mm-hmm. is quite literally your ability to practice whatever religion you want to in this country.
1: Yeah, Well, you know, these people that, that think that they're defending the Constitution are also the ones who are saying things that go against the First Amendment. But here's the thing. I've talked to people about this before where I say, you know, why do you want a Christian nation when the First Amendment says that we have freedom of religion? And they literally told me that means the freedom of Christian religion because the founders who wrote that First Amendment, they say, were Christians. Which nope. they weren't, but that's what they told me. Well, the founders were Christians. We were founded on Christianity, so when they wrote, "You have the freedom of religion," what they meant was the freedom of Christian religion. They were looking for a land to preach and live their Christianity. They didn't mean that Muslims could be welcome here, or that of course you know, not, or that atheists could be welcome here. And I, I just the way that we rewrite and and redefine things just to fit our own narrative better. And to avoid dealing with the problem. It, it's this cognitive dissonance where we rework everything to just prop ourselves up in, in what we already believe, basically. Right.
0: Here's how I know that that's not true,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is England was a theocracy Yeah. when they left England. Mm-hmm. Why would the founding fathers want another theocracy? Yeah, I, I, I don't know,
1: man. It makes no sense. And they weren't, you could, any historian will tell you. Part of the
0: freedom, like, part of free speech was the ability to speak against the church. Yeah. Like, they wanted to be able to speak against the king and the pope. But we believe a national
1: myth. Ever The Christian right believes, especially, national myths. Um, and so they rework the, the story of the founding fathers. And they rework the story of the pilgrims. Right. And all this, these things, even, like, Puritans they put they they rework it to fit the national myth which is that we are a christian nation founded on christian ideals and we've never done anything wrong or anti-christian right. and that that this nation is meant to be the new israel essentially yeah. and ignore the fact that we're really more like the new babylon cuz you know we won't deal with that Right. I mean, that—that that is the myth that, that they create. Yeah. And so if that means redefining things like the First Amendment to twist it to where somehow we end up with a theocracy with this one religion, that's okay, because it's all in service to the national myth. Yeah. Like the national myths around the first Thanksgiving. Yeah. And that's coming up. And that's coming up. And this is a very difficult time. For a lot of us in the deconstructing world, a lot of us who would consider ourselves ex-evangelical, yeah, um, this upcoming holiday, Thanksgiving, is kind of an awkward time mm-hmm. for some of us. And I know that some of our viewers and listeners might even be really um, uncomfortable with the holiday for various right. reasons, one of which being the history of the holiday right and how problematic it is and another issue being uh seeing family yeah and and not that we don't love our families but
0: it can just be tense it yes because you know even for some people who are just now going down this path of deconstructing or they've been on this path for years and they're finally being able to put language to it and they're being more open about it yeah their families are just now finding out you know that this person that I thought was, and I don't even like saying it this way because you're just, just because you're deconstructing doesn't mean you're not a solid Christian or whatever. <laughs> right. But like, that's, that's, how, that's, that's their verbiage, you yeah, know? That's how they view it. It's, you know, this person that I thought was a solid Christian is now questioning God. Yeah. And it's like, and listen, we know they're going to try to convince you that you are wrong and that you are doing it for street cred. And <laughs> people who are deconstructing just want to sin. Mm-hmm. But just know, like, you're not alone. In this, this holiday season. Yeah. Like, and I kind of want to talk about just your right as a person, Mm -hmm. you don't have to put yourself in a situation that you don't want to be in. Yeah. Like you have no obligation to people to go to their house for them to berate you about your faith Mm -hmm. over some Turkey. Yeah. Like God is the God of peace. Jesus is the king of peace. He's the prince of peace. Whenever he left, he said, you know, I'm sending a friend that will stick closer than a brother who's the Holy Spirit, and my peace I leave with you. Jesus is all about peace, (laughs) internal, external. He gives you peace that surpasses all understanding. And if peace looks like you sitting at home with your immediate family that you live with and you guys having, you know, Thanksgiving with some close friends that know where you're at, Mm -hmm. that you can enjoy your time with, And there's not just chaos and strife and bitterness and anger because there's just this unresolved, oh, you're not really a Christian anymore and I'm going to try to convert you back. Just sit at home.
1: Yeah. You have to. You have that right. You have the right and and you have to protect peace. And you don't owe people an explanation. Right. Some people who are deconstructing right now are terrified of, of what it will be like to go home. Yeah. And. Let me just say, if you don't feel comfortable being home right now with, with extended family because of the situation of deconstructing, you don't owe them an explanation. Right. If they want to genuinely ask and you feel comfortable telling them and talking about it, great. But, yeah. you know, a lot of the times the, the family can guilt trip Right, you know, uh,
0: intentionally, it, unintentionally, it is what it is. Yeah. you know
1: and, and and a lot of the times um, Thanksgiving and and Christmas time, you know, it can be really sad for some of us who now have somewhat estrangement with our family because we have memories of back before we deconstructed and when we were just like our family and how good it was then. right? When we all got along and we all agreed because we were all just waiting for the rapture together. Right. But now we think differently. Now we deconstruct. Now our parents think we're nuts and that we've lost our mind and going to hell. Yep. And now there's tension. And when you think about the holidays, you get nostalgic or you miss how it used to be peaceful. And that can even lead to some of us who are deconstructing starting to wonder, like, did I do something wrong here? Have I made a mistake? Maybe I should just, you know undo this maybe right. I should but anyone who's going through this process you know that you can't go back now right. you can't unlearn the theology that you've learned you can't go back to adopting the old way you read the Bible now that you read it differently right? so there's no going back and so you just have to embrace it. you know you're a different person now and that's okay yeah. you've evolved and if they've not evolved with you then you know I'm not saying cut people off or anything but you but, if they're not make if they're not allowing for you to grow and change, then you will go grow into other relationships and relationships change over time. Yeah, it's okay, and that's
0: a natural course of just like you know the human life. Yeah, and here's a little clip for you uh, if you you know have family members that may be open to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just got I got a text message. I was texting somebody earlier, and I think they summed it up in a great way. And I kind of want to plug this message that I received from them. Okay, um, just you know, if they're asking, you know, what's up, what's the matter? Why don't you want to come over? Or you can say, Hey, just, just swipe down do the little screen record, shoot this little clip over to him, yeah. you know? And so it, again, I think it's just summed up perfectly. He said, what if deconstructing is just people taking the mask off? Like we've been asking people in church to do for years and inviting people into discussion about God in the midst of community. Most people, including me and Joey, including the people, most of the people watching this podcast are not writing off God. They are legitimately saying there's got to be more and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to find it because this cannot be the end of God. Mm -hmm. And sure, yes, it has caused some people to think horribly. We cannot deny that. But mature people know that there are ideas that you can hold to that you don't always have the answers to. And this is the most important part and this is the thing that fundamentalists do not like, Bible literalists do not like, um, the case for Christ people do not like, mm-hmm. apologists do not like, is this idea and this concept that is so important to people that are deconstructing is being able to say, I don't know right now. Yeah. Because it is not a phrase of unbelief. It's a phrase of humility.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And it is so important to remember that you looking at your family saying, he's like, you know, I don't believe in eternal conscious torment anymore. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, what do you believe then? And you say, I don't know right now. Yeah. That is not you being in unbelief. Yeah. That is you being humble enough to say, I've not discovered that about God yet. Yeah,
1: and I'm still learning, and I'm
0: still trying to learn and grow.
1: Yeah, I don't have every answer, and that's okay. Right, we can embrace the ambiguity of of you know, and and, and acknowledge that we are still growing and learning. Right, um, you know, the fact that he said you know taking the mask off, is, that's just perfect because, yeah. you know, another way to say it is this may be deconstruction, may be the revival. That evangelicals have been praying for, for generations.
0: I I do find it it. so ironic. Mm -hmm. Like, I was talking to uh, Mikhail about this the other day, and I find it so ironic that we've been praying for revival for years. Yeah. Years and years and years and years. Yeah. And now, there's been this huge eruption of deconstruction. Yeah. And it's like, what if that is the beginning? Yeah of this revival we've been looking for, but we are so set on it looking like we, what, you know, those tent revivals have past. Yeah. Or like, you know, we're, we the we're, Benny Hinn crusades and all that. And like, that's what we expect revival to be. Yeah. But in reality, it's a revival of church history yes. and pay, uh, uh, patristic theology and yeah. different things like that. like,
1: And it's fixing so much of the issues with the American church. It's right. getting us away from Christian nationalism, which is a false gospel. Right. It's getting us away from the colonized Christianity that centers only white voices. Yeah. And embracing different voices of all spectrums of life, you know. It's getting us away from Things that have legitimately caused harm yeah. to women and to people of color or or you know, things like the Rapture that have terrified people. Getting away from this bad junk is a revival. Yeah. But people don't see that because they're just looking for Brownsville. Right. They're looking for what happened in the past and expecting that to be the blueprint for the future. Right. And so they're missing what's happening right now. And the problem is that the de- deconstruction movement is calling on them to change. Yeah. It's calling on them to make changes in their life to think differently to have a new perspective and they don't want to do any of that changing they're expecting everyone else to change right so they reject it out of hand and say no that's that this is not from god yeah cuz god wouldn't ask me to change right <laughs>
0: right of course so
1: they may be missing how important this movement is and i yep. think we're still at the very beginning of it too oh yeah 100% so they your family when you go back to thanksgiving or you see them again if they if they have issue with you going on this deconstruction journey just as much as you can, I would recommend trying to not get into long conversations and debates yeah. with them. Just keep calm and know that this movement and the journey that you are on is not going away. Right. As much as your parents want it to, it's something that is you are still at the very beginning of. Yeah. And it's something that may come to define Christianity for a long time here in America. Right. As it grows more and more. So just hold, you know, just Stay calm, hold your ground, and know that as much as they want it to go away, it's it's only you're only going to get further with God in this journey, and that's a good thing. And yeah. they may come around eventually.
0: And I think it'd be good to uh just kind of towards the beginning of the year for us to do an episode specifically for loved ones of those deconstructing. Yeah. Just as like almost like an answer to the Gospel Coalition's article where yeah. it's like you know, have grace for people deconstructing because this is one of the most difficult things that pretty much almost anyone deconstructing has oh, ever yeah. done. Oh,
1: yeah. The fact it's
0: not a cool thing. It's not an easy thing. It's a very painful thing.
1: Yeah, it's the, the street cred thing. You think that we
0: would... It's wildly insulting.
1: You think that we would, like, just to be... Just for internet points... Like, get become estranged with family members. Right. You think for internet points, we would get our pastors upset and have to leave a church? Not what you and I did. Right. But a lot of people listening, there are people who have stories of being asked to leave their church because of deconstructing. Like, you think anyone would go through that pain just for, you know, a few likes on TikTok? Right. It's ridiculous. And um, I just think that people will have to eventually deal with this in a more honest way because it's not going away. The reason why people are dealing with it right now in these gospel coalition kind of fake answers is because they're hoping that it will go away real fast. We're going to get ahead of the story. We're going to get ahead of the narrative and and frame this narrative in our way and that way we can cut it off now and it'll be a thing of the past. But what they don't realize and what they're probably terrified of is that this is not going away. So they're eventually going to have to deal with this in a more honest way if they want a relationship with their family. If they want a relationship with their congregation Yeah, you know that 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 doesn't leave you know what i mean they're gonna have to deal with this and we have to be um just i think focused on not their opinion but on our own spiritual development as a community and and with with the lord and you know learning your theology that you want to learn going deeper in this journey don't worry right now about what your family thinks of it right because we have to be um we don't need to be thinking about them right now and that's right. what i'm saying we have we have enough to deal with and to figure out and to to process without having to think about what so and so thinks of my new theology right
0: you know and on the other half of the conversation too of just the complicated history yeah of thanksgiving cuz it's that's the intellectually honest way to describe it
1: well you know it's not easy for a yeah, lot of us. Right. Because once you stop and realize that Thanksgiving, as we were taught as kids, is a myth. Right. And that the truth of of all of this is based on the terrible sin of of colonization of coming into another person's land removing their heritage removing their way of life replacing it with our own yep. and centering our white ideologies and beliefs instead of their native you know heritage and then thinking that we've improved their life somehow right and now we make an entire holiday based on something that you know eventually i mean that led to genocides right how can we for a lot of us, and I'm asking you, Brandon, yeah. where you stand on this? Because for a lot of us, it's hard to just enjoy a turkey, knowing that um, what this day means to a lot of people. Right. Knowing that for a lot of people, this day is a to them a slap in the face. Right. Because it's a reminder of uh, what. European settlers colonizers did to the native. And then other people come in and say, Oh, you guys, you know, you can, you can be, yeah, I have issue with that history and you can talk about how wrong that is, but you can still also enjoy Turkey with your family. And they have some people saying, no, you don't do any of that.
0: Right. You know? I- so I lean on the, you know, you can still enjoy what the holiday has become. And let's give thanks to what we have. I think Thanksgiving is a important biblical principle. Yeah. Like I like not the holiday. I think the concept of Thanksgiving. Of giving thanks. Of giving thanks. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Um so a holiday centered around giving thanks, I think is a good thing. But I think it is also wildly important for us to acknowledge the complicated history behind Thanksgiving. Yeah. And start removing that whitewashed version of what happened. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're not changing history by changing what we say. Yeah. History has happened. It is what it is. Like, what happened has, has been what's happened. Mm-hmm. What we can change, though, is ignoring what has happened. And so, to me, it, it's like, as you ally you know, as, you know, more, uh, you know, as more white Americans started to ally around the black community, yeah. um, with, you know, all of the events that happened in 2019 and 2020, a lot of things were brought to light, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we started having the uh, conversations about like critical race theory yeah. being taught in schools and things like that. And critical race theory wasn't about changing history. Mm-hmm. It was about telling history in a more true way.
1: Yeah, it's just about being honest with what actually happened.
0: And so I think that's an important thing for us to do and embrace with something like Thanksgiving, of saying, hey, we messed up. Our ancestors could have done this so much better. Into mm-hmm. the indigenous community, we apologize for the sins of our forefathers mm-hmm. and we are thankful that you are still here. Yeah, We are thankful that they didn't wipe out your entire culture and all of your people, and we're thankful that you now live like that. We live in a country where we can try to make some of this right.
1: It, it, it's hard to to grapple with this. It is. It's. It's. It, because, it genuinely is because I hear what you're saying that that we need to genuinely and honestly try to make things right, make amends, and and do what we can. And I agree, but it's hard because you know. It, how do I get out of white privilege when it's it, it feels almost like, I mean, white privilege as I understand it is just simply the fact that my race has never been an issue right? for me. I've never had something not been given to me or something been taken away from me or whatever right. because of my race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how can I avoid some of that white privilege you know? So
0: the thing is, is you, you can't avoid it. And I think that's something that people, that people fail to realize, like you can't avoid having white privilege. Yeah, It comes with your skin tone. Like you, like how a lot of black people can't avoid being stereotyped, mm-hmm. you know? So you can't avoid white privilege, but what you can do is you can take advantage of the fact that you have white privilege and use your white voice to be a megaphone for what other people have been trying to say for decades, I, like I, yeah. something that something that my uh, that our pastor said before um, during our becoming an anti racist church mm-hmm. uh, series that we did last year, after he had preached you know an entire month worth of messages mm-hmm. on being an anti racist church, at the end of it he said, in everything that I have said this month that you have been amening and saying you know that's the gospel, that's what we need to do. Black preachers and black pastors have been saying for decades, mm-hmm. but you'll listen to me because I'm white. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we have to realize. Yeah, it's is terrible. You can use white privilege to help elevate people who don't have it.
1: But how do... And I I totally hear that, but how do we avoid the issue of a white savior complex then if I'm, if, if now white people are trying to get involved in in the conversation on race and colonization when, you know, they've never experienced racism firsthand
0: is it's, you know, and this is such an ambiguous answer, but honestly, that's kind of what it boils down to is, is your heart posture. I'm going to save these people or is it, I'm going to elevate what they've been saying Are you taking what they have always said and now changing the words up and saying, oh, well, don't worry. I'll come and fix all the problems. Or it's, listen, they have been saying this for years and you're not going to listen to them, so I'm going to say it because I know you're going to listen to me. Yeah, yeah. And so to me, I think that's a huge difference of, am I just going to take what they've been saying, Mm -hmm. take all the credit for it, and say, oh, look at now I'm saying it. Now people will listen and don't worry. I took care of it for you. So
1: it's about platforming people... Who need the platform. Exactly. And not getting in the spotlight. Right. For yourself.
0: It's exactly what the prophets did in the Old Testament mm-hmm. is they gave a voice to the voiceless. Yeah. Like they spoke on their behalf. I mean, that's what all the prophets in the Old Testament did. You are not taking care of your widows and orphans. Yeah. And God is going to do something about it. Yeah. Like God is pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Because you refuse to give justice to these people who deserve justice, mm-hmm. so that were, is exactly what the prophets did. Is they were just a megaphone for the destitute. They were a megaphone for those who could not have a platform.
1: So how do we then incorporate this into the into Thanksgiving? How do we celebrate Thanksgiving and still make sure that that whiteness isn't at the center? And you know, but by, by putting. Uh, the focus on Indigenous People Day, you know, or or on them. And, and how can we celebrate Thanksgiving while still making sure that white traditions and, and the white myth of Thanksgiving isn't actually being celebrated, but Indigenous people are being celebrated instead? Like, what does that look like?
0: Yeah, so I think part of that looks like, let's stop celebrating the idea that Thanksgiving was, you know, the Native Americans made this giant feast for the white folk that came in to make sure that they could make it through the winter. Yeah, that's not what happened. Yeah, it's not true. You know, and just be like, you know, hey, yes, this has a complicated backstory and we can stop celebrating this fake idea. Like we need to stop celebrating this fake myth. Yeah. Thanksgiving has very much started to evolve into a let's gather around a table, give thanks for our family, you know, financial things that happened this year, success in business, blah blah blah. You can find things to be thankful for for Thanksgiving that doesn't involve saying, "We're so thankful that those Native Americans were so nice that they they moved out west so the white people could have somewhere to stay." Yeah, because right. that's not what happened. Yeah. But I legitimately saw a image of a textbook that said the Native Americans cared so much about, you know, the European uh, colonizers that they decided to move out west, so the Englishman could have somewhere to stay
1: yeah. no
0: that's called the Trail of Tears, yeah, it was called the Trail of Tears for a reason, yeah, they well, were forced out there. We have got to stop, and I think that's one of the most important things is be a voice saying. Stop celebrating this myth. Yeah, there is nothing, because it is damaging. There's nothing true about the first Thanksgiving story,
1: and there's nothing to celebrate in colonization. No, there's nothing in this story. I mean, it's worth celebrating, but we prop up the story of the pilgrims like they're heroes when they were murderers, right? And so there's so that's why people who are evangelicals, you know, start to wonder like, why are we celebrating the state at all when there's yeah. nothing about colonization to celebrate? So you're kind of saying we should. We could still have a turkey meal with our family, but just not have it be about the the pilgrims and colonization. Have it be about celebrating your family coming together and maybe even have it be about Indigenous People Day. Yeah. And propping up those voices and maybe making it a day where, you know, you you try to give uh, attention and focus to people from, from other communities, like indigenous tribes and right. uh, things
0: like that. Like, and, and picture this. Imagine taking 10 extremely awkward minutes and just going over the real history of Thanksgiving Yeah, and saying, this was wrong. We need to learn how we can be a voice for these people. And we're going to give thanks to those who lost their lives mm-hmm. instead of giving thanks to a fake myth.
1: Yeah, so... You have to, in doing that, center indigenous people rather than the white myth.
0: And and, in doing that as well, it's an extremely selfless act. Yeah. Is you are now removing this to being a, you know, this is all about me getting onto this land that I deserved. Mm -hmm. This is now removing the idea of manifest destiny where God wanted me to be here and now I'm here. Yeah. And it is now saying... We need to focus on other people. In yeah. the midst of us giving thanks and enjoying this meal, let's take just a couple minutes to focus on other people for a minute.
1: Yeah. You know a great uh, way, I, I think, to do this. um, I was reading the book How to Fight Racism by Jamar Tisby last, mm. um, earlier this year. And um one thing that he pointed out that you could do is there's websites or apps where you type in your zip code and it tells you, Whose land you're on. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it tells you what tribe yeah. what tribe had lived there. And one option I think for how to make Thanksgiving about them instead of about us is to look at whose land you're on, look at what tribe lived there, and maybe take some time to learn about them. Yeah, and maybe- Donate
0: to the local tribe. Yeah, A lot of the times they have a way to do that.
1: Yeah, you can learn about them, you can talk about them as a family, or maybe even visit a reservation or, or something to, like right. that. But take time to learn about that tribe and, and learn the history. And, you know, I know that the Christian right, when we talk about this kind of thing, I've seen them before, Discredit this as saying, well, you're just trying to make people feel guilty for something they never did. You know, you're trying to make like a white person today feel guilty for something that their ancestor did, and that's not okay because they had nothing to do with it. But my understanding, and I'm curious what your take on that is, but my understanding is that it's not about making me feel guilty for something like slavery or something like colonization. It's just about taking stock in the fact that it happened so that we can better make sure that that something like that doesn't happen again and that we can change things to uh, make amends for what happened and try to do everything we can to make wrong things right and also to take stock of the fact that while I may not have been involved in colonization or right. slavery, I still very well as a white person may be benefiting from some of the long-lasting effects of those right. things.
0: So, And something I would encourage too is whenever people make that argument is just do a little bit more research. Yeah. Because it's not about making people feel guilty about slavery that happened 400 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's about making people open up their eyes and realize that Jim Crow laws were still in effect in the 1960s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that my dad was alive before it was legal for him to marry my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was black and she's white. It's not that long ago. Like that was a law that was recently in some of our listeners lifetime was passed. Yeah. Like, Within the past hundred years, that's not a long time ago. Yeah, and and, and people
1: who want to avoid talking about racism, they act like it would like it's ancient history, right? And refuse to see that it's still happening today. Yeah, and that, like I said, even if you yourself aren't a like. They always say, well, I'm not racist, I have black friends. I'm not racist, I've never had an issue with black people. But again, white privilege is still in effect here because even if you yourself don't think of yourself as racist, right, you are still benefiting off of systems that were started and created because of racism. You're still benefiting off of systemic racism that, that you know, things like... Wealth that you inherited from your family, something that a lot of black families don't have. We have generational wealth that black families don't have as much, you yeah. know, because of, of history here. And so, even if you don't see yourself or you say, Well, I'm not racist, you are still benefiting from racist structures. Yeah. What you can do is you can acknowledge it and you can talk about it and you cannot shy away from the truth.
0: Yeah. Because in reality, like, think so. I say this all the time language dictates culture. Mm-hmm. You don't have culture outside of language. And so, like, like chimpanzees don't have a culture. You know, they have their habits, you know. Cheetahs don't have a culture. Yeah. You know, they have their instincts. Humans have culture. And what separates humans from animals is just the ability of language. Yeah. And so, different languages dictate different cultures all across the world. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to change the culture in, of systemic racism, we have to change our language surrounding it. Yeah. That's the only thing that we can do at this point. But it's an, an important first step. It's the important only step is change how we talk about it. Yeah. Because we're not going to see change until we start talking about it differently. Yeah. And so like and so in the context of like the Native Americans even today, we talk about, you know, we're not trying to make you feel bad about the Trail of Tears, you know, hundreds of years ago you know at the inception of this country but we do need to acknowledge the fact that this year people were complaining about the pipeline being shut down but native american tribes were celebrating that their land was not going to be turned into a pipeline yeah but we're complaining that we don't have a pipeline now yeah and i heard people saying well they should just move It's like that's exactly what we've been telling them since we got here.
1: Yeah, and, and the fact that they would adamantly say that like they're not racist and that they would totally be different from their ancestors, you know, like, uh, but yet you're saying the same things, right? You it's like people today. We who-
0: want this. We want this land to put a pipe on. Yeah. Okay, but this is our land. Well, then just go somewhere else. And then they act. Like, that's exactly what we told them when we first got here. Yeah, and then they act as if, if they had lived
1: way back in the 1700s, like, they would be so different. Like, right. oh, well, I wouldn't have been a slave owner. I right. wouldn't have been fighting the Native Americans and, and killing them with everyone else. And they act like they would be different.
0: But it's like, what, we, would, what we have to acknowledge is, yes, the verbiage is different. But what we're saying to the people is the exact same. We're doing the same thing. So what we're saying to the Native American people when we're trying to, when we're complaining about the pipeline not being built across reservations is we don't actually care what you think. Mm-hmm. We're not going to ship you out. We're not going to force you out. Yeah. But if we build it and you don't want it there, too bad. Yeah. You can go somewhere else and you and, don't have to stay here.
1: And then the, 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 the same people are the ones who are out there like complaining about gas prices and saying, well, see, this is why we need that pipeline. I'm sorry, but a few extra bucks, you know, that yeah. I have to spend when I fill up my, my car to, and, and, but also knowing that we didn't have to, you know, force people off of their land. Right. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with paying a little bit extra for gas I'm not going to complain. Like, well, gas is up ten cents a gallon. We should have kicked families out of their homes. Yeah. Like, give me it, it,
0: also to people. It's like, oh, this time last year, mm-hmm. I was paying thirty dollars to fill up my car, and now I'm paying forty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that is ten dollars. Yeah. You can calm all the way down.
1: Yeah. How would you feel if someone kicked your family out of their home because they didn't want to pay ten dollars?
0: it's over the course of a month. If you fill up every week, that's $40. mm -hmm. Calm down. Yeah. Breathe. If you can't budget an extra $40 into your budget for gas. Yeah. You need to relook at your budget. Yeah.
1: Take a bus. Like you. you, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like just calm down. So breathe.
1: So to, to, to close on this conversation, I think it's safe to say that Thanksgiving is a very, strange holiday can be loaded. Yep. Um, for one, it's hard to be around family sometimes when they're not okay with your deconstruction. Right. And to that we say, try to find peace. If you can find peace with them, wonderful. If you have to find peace by staying away from them, that's still wonderful. Yep. I mean, it's sad sad that you have to do that, but you have to find peace.
0: If that's where you are now, Mm -hmm. just that's Okay. Yeah. you don't owe that explanation to them if you want to give them the explanation and they refuse to listen to it that's on them yeah like but you can you are allowed to find peace whatever that looks like
1: for we, you. we wouldn't recommend trying to go to your Thanksgiving meal with like a whole thesis prepared don't go and try to change anybody's
0: mind just yeah. go in trying to love people
1: yeah exactly just try to you know even, even if it avoids conversation try to love and, and and you know if they want to talk to you and you feel comfortable great but don't come in there like Guns blazing, <laughs> yeah! I'm about yeah. to tell you guys why your theology is wrong. Don't do that. And then the other half of this, the uh, being uncomfortable with the holiday because of its racist roots, find ways. Honestly, I would say if you just want to, if you just want to avoid the holiday altogether and not celebrate Thanksgiving because of that, I don't. Have, I mean, sure, that's fine. But if you do still want to have a turkey meal with your family, find ways every chance you can to get away from the white myth around Thanksgiving and to make the holiday about indigenous people. Yeah. And if you do that, I, I, I don't, I, I think that that's the the best way to handle the holiday.
0: Be a voice for those who don't have a voice. Yeah.
1: Learn about the tribes that, that used to live there.
0: Yeah. And, and post, you know, if you, if you woke up choosing violence, you know post something about how the native american tribes were celebrating that the pipeline got shut down
1: yeah but but uh, you know that you don't have to
0: do that 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 is a very violent thing that's probably what i'll be doing this thanksgiving so
1: <laughs> yeah i mean my, my point is um it's a weird time and and what what you need to do you know to to feel okay you know that's that's what you need to do. Yeah. And, and if people get mad at you for not showing up to a meal or they get mad at you for avoiding Thanksgiving altogether, or they get mad at you for, you know, taking down pilgrim decorations because you'd rather talk about the indigenous people who cares what they get mad about. Right. Do what you have to do. Um, and in the words of Jake Peralta from Brooklyn, Nine-Nine, <laughs> Thanksgiving is a terrible holiday because the pilgrims were murderers and the turkey tastes like napkins. And that's, that's kind of where I stand. But, uh,
0: I uh, I have different thoughts on turkey. If your turkey tastes like napkins, you shouldn't be cooking the turkey, anyways. Yeah, I make a mean turkey.
1: I I don't know. Turkey's not great. I I honestly I'd rather just have chicken.
0: I, I don't disagree with you. It's a much <laughs> smaller bird, easier to mm-hmm. easier to definitely work with. Yeah, uh, more ham. That's that that's a Christmas that's a Christmas meat.
1: Christmas meat soon. Yeah.
0: We'll be beginning the war on Christmas soon. Don't you worry,
1: <laughs> guys. Um. This was uh, kind of a more difficult episode for me because...
0: um, It's just strange. And, like, if me and Joey sounded tone deaf at all on any of this, let us know in the comments. Like, we we are searching for feedback. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm sure there's Native American in me. Like, I know for a fact that there is. But it's not something that, like, I would even just go on any sort of limb to say that I am like connected within my roots. You know, I have a lot more background and experience with being a biracial, you know, American in twenty twenty one and being able to speak to that side of things. And so if you are a Native American or indigenous indigenous person and you have a viewpoint on this, like drop it in the comments below. Like, let us know how we can be a voice to you better. Let us know how, what your reaction to a holiday like Thanksgiving is. We don't wanna be the type of people that say, this is what they think. Yeah. Honestly, Not knowing what you actually think. Like, my,
1: my question is um, for, for indigenous people is is it better for us to avoid the entirety of Thanksgiving? as just a holiday celebrating colonization therefore we're just going to not even touch it or is it better to try to you know keep the holiday but change what it's about to make it focused on indigenous people right like which is the the, like just burn it down or make it reshape its focus what, what is the better option yeah you know I honestly don't know and I think the last thing that a white guy like me needs to do is try to act like I have the solutions for hey, things like exactly this. all I'm trying to do is listen and learn so so help us learn
0: we're still learning here at all things Reconsidered.
1: yeah yeah but and um, anyway guys I hope that that uh, you can make the most of this difficult week for some of us yep and know that uh, we we love you guys and we're with you guys we do you're not alone and um You know, we will see you guys next week.
0: No, we won't. Oh,
1: yeah, we won't. We're taking a week
0: off. We're taking a week off. We're, you know, (laughs) right now we're like our turnaround times are like next day. And so I will be traveling. Joey's still not actually back yet. He's still in the process of shifting and whatnot. And so we will be taking the week off so we don't have to worry about getting an episode recorded and edited while I'm in Pennsylvania and Joey's in Alabama because it would not just won't work. Yeah. So we will see you guys. Um, not this, mon- uh, not next Monday, but the, the following. Yeah. So December. we will see you in December.
1: Yes, and we'll have some good stuff for you that month. So we'll see you guys later. And if you're interested, join our Patreon. We'd love to talk to you. Yes. All right, guys. See you.